Let's begin this time of receiving in prayer. Our God, the irony is not lost on us that we keep asking you for what you have already given us. But we do keep asking because we see things all around us that make us wonder and make us continue to beg you for things like this peace that passes understanding. We have seen glimpses of it, but we want more of it. And so we ask that, especially on this day, you make us good recipients of these gifts that you have both promised and given us, and that we may just continue to receive them from you with gratitude as we go through our lives together. In the name of Jesus, amen. You are going to need to be brave. I remember being told those exact words before the doctor started working on the inside of my knee to stitch it back up. I was eight years old, and my friend Travis had just gotten home. Travis was 11 or 12, and so to an eight-year-old, he was kind of the cooler, older friend. He arrived home that day on his mini bike, Honda Trail 90. You, know, you remember the motorbikes with the big tires? That anyway, we just thought he was the coolest kid in the neighborhood, you know, because he had one. And he came home on it, and it was back through the kind of alley behind our rental house, and he came sweeping by on it, and you could kind of see his house from where we lived, and so. As he stopped the bike and turned it off, I thought, I'm going to go say hi to him. And so I ran toward this kind of picket slat fence that encircled our backyard. It couldn't have been more than two and a half, three feet high off the ground. Um, And so I went running for the fence and... If you remember the late 70s, early 80s, we all wore short shorts. And so whenever I fought the fence, jumping over it, the fence won and uh, wound up sitting on the ground. And, you know, other than the car ride to the hospital and all this pandemonium, the thing I remember most is being told you are going to need to be brave. You can say that in a number of ways. You are going to need to be brave. You can translate what Jesus said in John 16, kind of along those lines of you're going to need to be brave. Another way that you can translate it is have courage. It's similar to what 2 Corinthians 4 says about not losing our courage because of the work of the living Jesus among us. But I like even more the way that we translate it in these generations of ours. Not you're going to need to be brave, not have courage, but the two little words 
take heart. The word is tharseo, which is an old word. It shows up in the Greek Old Testament, even shows up in Homer. It meant all kinds of things like have confidence, be brave, be of good courage, even trust that something is going to turn out well when it doesn't look like it's going to turn out well, but just trust that it will. But I think the thing I like the most about this word is that in the Gospel of John, here, during Jesus' last public statements to his followers at the end of John 16, here is the only place that word is spoken in all of John's writings. One time, one word, the only time in all of John's writings that that word is spoken. It's like John is telling us that Daniel and the prophets and Homer have never said this word this way before. And no one's ever going to say it again like the way that Jesus said it this one time. No one will ever be able to say again that's going to compare to this time that Jesus said it, the living word, the incarnation of the living God. So, two times. You've heard this once before. Um, last week, we've even been alluding to it the week before. But here it is one more time, really two more times. John 16, 33 I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, maybe you heard that just then as the words of Jesus you need to hear this morning and you were able to receive them. I've listened to a bunch of sermons, and my guess is that many of you have listened to a bunch of sermons, so much so that what you just heard when we read John 16, 33, is the same way that you would watch the news or receive words like this from a newscaster. It's a report. You know, it's, it's someone telling you about Jesus saying these. Well, a long time ago, Jesus said this word. Yeah, Homer said it. Daniel said it. It's all over the Greek Old Testament. Well, here's these words. Well, aren't those nice? Okay, well, you could hear them that way. But I want to read them again, but not read them. Say them again and not say them. And I'd like to invite all of us to not just hear these words of Jesus, especially not hear them as though they were being reported to us, but to actually receive them. And just hear these words. This is not words about Jesus. It's the same way that this is not a sermon about Jesus is an invitation to receive these words from Jesus. I'm going to say them again. Don't listen to me. Listen to them the way that Jesus said them. And if you're into 
closing your eyes, fine, close your eyes. If you need to get everything out of your hands that you know may be distracting you or keeping you from receiving them, open your hands, set them in your lap, close your eyes. Don't look at me because this isn't from me. These are the words of Jesus, and we're being invited to receive them this morning. So take a moment, get ready, and receive these words from Jesus. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Have peace. Do you have peace? Because I know that if I was sitting where you were sitting, the preacher started asking me questions like that, and I had been given permission earlier in the service to be messy and honest and truthful, I might go ahead and just answer whatever I happen to be feeling at that given moment. The preacher says, have peace, and then asks, do you have peace? I don't know. If I were you, I might say, nope. Then in the preacher's notes, the next question says something like, you will have trouble. Do you have trouble? Well, do you? Okay. Good enough. Sometimes it feels like all the time. It's all around. And then Jesus says it again. Have peace. Do you have peace? And I might say, well, I'm trying. I want it. And then Jesus says, take heart. I have overcome the world. Which I think is Jesus' way of saying, take heart and trust me. You already have everything you need. Because he tells us why we can take heart. He doesn't just say take heart and leave it at that. He tells us why. Everything we think is a threat when it comes to the world is less than the promise of eternal joy in the face of temporary grief. You name a threat that we face day to day in the world that compares with Jesus saying, I have overcome the world, welcome to eternity. Nothing can compare with that. Here's the way that Jesus explained that particular truth right before Jesus said what he said in 33. So John 19, or 16, 19 through 24, Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. John is introducing the words. So he said to them, so again, here's the words of Jesus. Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while 
you will see me. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You can say that again, Jesus. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice. and No one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth. My Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. Jesus is not telling us to ask for material wealth. I don't even think he's necessarily asking us to ask him for physical health. Jesus is teaching us to put our trust in the Lord to ask for one thing, peace that makes our joy complete. Basically what Jesus is doing is that he's kind of setting us up and saying, you can ask for anything, and we think, oh, I like the sound of that. That's going to attract followers. But what Jesus is doing and saying you can ask for anything is that we have to learn to ask for that which is most important. And Jesus, in sort of you know, leading us to ask for what we need to be asking for the most is peace that makes our joy complete. So take heart. Have a heart. You know, if I only had a heart, if I only had courage, if I only had a brain. Uh, have you ever read The Wizard of Oz? I'm not saying have you ever seen the movie. I'm saying have you ever read the book? Because in the book, one thing you pick up on pretty quickly is that while we're going through the stories of the scarecrow, the lion, and the tin man, is that they already have what they are asking for. They already have what they're seeking. They just don't realize it. It's a beautiful thing to read Frank Baum's masterwork because he makes so obvious that the lion already has courage. He just doesn't know it. We as the readers start picking up on it as we go through the story and you kind of watch it and you want to enter the story. I mean, Baum was that good of a writer. He made us want to enter the story and just go up to the lion and say, look, you already have what you're asking for. You already have what you're seeking. Same way with the tin man. The tin man is operating from this great big heart that he has especially about halfway through the book, there's this wonderful scene, and I won't give it away because you really need to go read this book. But there's this wonderful scene where you realize he already has a heart. He just doesn't see it. Same way with the lion. He already has all this courage. Just doesn't know it. Scarecrow already knows how to solve the daily issues of his life. Just didn't know it. 
And in the same way, Dorothy is already home because she's surrounded by people who love her. She follows along this yellow brick road. And what's really cool is that at some point, you can't tell which character Baum is writing about. It's as though all four of them are looking for the same exact thing, just from different vantage points. And you know, for us walking this road, since Jesus has already overcome the world, by the time he tells us to take heart, we already have everything we need to trust in Jesus. Life, death, powers that be, nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. Now We think sometimes whenever we face the stuff in our daily lives that things get in the way of that. And we think, man, you know, maybe this is separating us from the love of God. Nope, nothing. You already have everything you need. Everything. Jesus never promised us that in this world everything would be easy. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. So that in me, in Jesus, not in the world, in Jesus we may have peace. The world, you know what Jesus calls the world, by the way? Even in this one little verse we read a few minutes ago, he calls the world trouble. We're going to face trouble. So Jesus tells us what we need. Take heart. I have overcome the world. You're going to need to be brave. Have courage. Take heart. However you want to hear that and receive it, you're going to need to be brave. But you already have all the bravery you need. You know, I just, I, I, can't, I thought Travis was the coolest kid in the neighborhood. And it wasn't just because he had a, a mini bike. He also got to drive a pickup around town. This was Rungi, Texas in 1980, by the way. There wasn't a whole lot of people there. He got to, he was 11 years old, and he got to drive a pickup around town. And so I remember asking um, the cop uh, one night at dinner, because he was my uncle, why does Travis get to drive around town? He, he doesn't have a license. And he said, well, he ain't hurting anybody. And that was the year I learned how to drive a pickup. Eight. <laughs> I was eight years old. I could drive a stick when I was eight years old because of Travis and my uncle. Uh, and at that moment, and I'm not, I'm not exaggerating here. At that moment, I felt like I had everything that I could possibly want in life. I had access to an old Toyota pickup that I could drive around town. Uh, 
I had a 22 and a fishing rod, uh, a cassette tape of the Eagles live. What else could I ask for? As you look around the room this morning, we see a lot of people here that, I mean, we face, we face trouble in this world. It's just, it's kind of the way it is. We live in a world that acts like a world. I mean, we've said that. But the reason that you can take heart and that I can take heart and that we can take heart together is because we already have everything we need. Everything. We have the promises of God. We have the promise of eternal life. We have the promise of loving God and loving one another. And one of the places that we see this most apparently is whenever we look around the room this morning and see people walking along this road and we're doing it together. So take heart. Have courage. And we already have courage. Yeah, we're going to need to be brave. And one thing that will make that easier to live is that we can do it together here in this new creation of Jesus. This home of ours. At Bering, where we can take heart together. Where there is no place like home. This walk with Jesus. That maybe we are just now beginning to really understand is a foretaste of a joy-filled world without end. Amen.